Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World, Hank Waters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all declining as we move into the final hour of trading. Concerns about Korea persisting on Wall Street. S&P slumping 23 points, down 1% to 2450. Dow Industrials down 114, down 5 tenths of 1% to 21,933. NASDAQ is down 95, a drop there of 1.5%. NASDAQ at 62.57. Macy's and Kohl's shares moving lower today. Macy's and Kohl's still struggling to get shoppers back into stores, but there are signs that some of the tactics, like offering more unique products, are beginning to take hold. Same-store sales dropped 2.5% at Macy's, the largest department store company, down 4 tenths of 1% at Kohl's, its smaller rival. Chuck Grom is with Gordon Haskett Research Advisors. He spoke this morning with Bloomberg Television. Over the past month, since Target positively pre-announced their quarter, the, 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 the backdrop for retail has improved. All the stocks, for the most part, have bounced off their lows. So I don't think when, you, when we take a step back and look at the Kohl's comp of down 0.4 and Macy's comp of down 2.8, that they were materially different than, uh, than expect, expectations going into, into the print. And we do have Macy's down 9.9% right now. Kohl's tumbling 5.5%. Dine Equity, the operator of IHOP and Applebee's restaurants, surging the most in five years after beating an earnings estimates and hiring a hotel executive for the top job. It is turning to Steve Joyce, CEO of Choice Hotels, who's taking over the new corner office job. Uh, shares of Dine Equity up 4.3%. Recapping, stocks lower, S&P down 9 tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Dave Wilson, song of the day, chart of the day. It's just supposed to be chart of the day, but I'm always intrigued by your song choice. It's all a matter of trying to find something that fits the theme. Yes. Usually, anyway. And the news of the day. All at once. There is that. It's not enough. It certainly fits the theme of the chart because... You know, the folks at PIMCO came out with sort of an asset allocation outlook uh, yesterday. And in their view, U.S. stocks just don't offer enough of a potential return when you figure in the risks that go along with owning them. And the way they drew that conclusion is to come up with their version of an equity risk premium. And this is a, a number that it seems like everybody has their own calculations for. Uh, certainly in the case of PIMCO, that's true. Here's what they did. They started out with uh, Robert Schiller's price-earnings ratio, what they call the cyclically adjusted P.E. or the CAPE, which looks at average earnings over 10 years and comes up with a number. So you take that number, uh, divide it into 100, and you come up with an earnings yield. Let's say the cyclically adjusted P.E. is 20 your earnings yield would be 5%. And so then you adjust for what you could earn on, in this case, treasuries after inflation. So, you know, kind of a risk-free, at least in theory, uh, rate of return. And they came up with a couple of different ways to figure that out. Uh, but the chart focuses on the last 20 years or so where they used uh, tips, uh, Treasury Inflation Protected right. Securities, to do that adjustment, uh, the yield on those. 
And they looked back until just uh, after World War II, and they found out that on average, the equity risk premium is about 4%. So, or four percentage points, if you want to look at it that way. Last month, it got down to about 2.7, and that was the lowest since October 2008, when we were in the midst of a global financial crisis. And the way the folks at PIMCO look at it, it's really uh, a reason for caution in what they call the popular and crowded U.S. equity market. If you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it, and everything I do going forward. The email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. dwilson at bloomberg.net. Thank you very much, dwilson. Dave Wilson, our stock editor. Here at Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Markets is brought to you by Witham Smith & Brown Audit Tax and Advisory Services, helping you and your businesses be in a position of strength. Experience the Witham way by visiting Witham.com. Every young boy, woman, and every man has got to lend That's the whole idea behind Lending Club. The CEO, Scott Sanborn, uh, joins us right now. And, Scott, uh, glad to have you on. Yours is a business that I've followed for a long time. Uh, uh, and has had uh, its fair share of troubles in recent years before you took over as CEO. Uh, and I wonder, you know, uh, there was some um, uh, problem with documenting of selling some loans to Jeffrey's group and a whole convoluted thing that I, I don't necessarily need to get into here. But but I do have some questions about how your business works these days. Uh, uh, I'm grateful for you coming on today. Um, Lending Club started off as a kind of peer-to-peer lender. The notion was that consumers who wanted some loans to maybe pay down some credit card debt or something – would get uh, a loan, and then another consumer would buy that loan and, and enjoy those interest payments, and the the market would kind of that your market would set the rate. Uh, but the the peer to peer portion of your business is is uh, is low right now. It's, uh, individual investors about fifteen percent of your funding in the second quarter, and I wonder if you see a point where that original business model of peer to peer lending going away. Uh, thanks for thanks for having me on the show. Um, so to your question, actually, individual investors still represent about forty percent of the capital on the platform, with the remaining sixty percent, uh, including institutions like banks uh, and asset managers and others. And uh, so we uh, remain very committed to the individuals. They are an important part of the mix. What's evolved is how they access. So uh, that 15% number is people who come to the website. Those are really smaller, self-directed retail accounts who are building portfolios, generally with just a few thousand dollars. Uh, other individuals will access uh, the asset through funds, uh, including 40-act funds. Um, and, and the broadening of the investor base is really a sign of, of the maturation of the asset class, really bringing banks in. Uh, has a benefit both in terms of the ability to scale the platform, but also the ability to provide the very best customers with the lowest possible rate, uh, given that banks have a real advantage on a low cost of capital. I'd have to imagine that part of that broadening is that that hunger for higher returns when traditional asset classes, stocks, bonds, just really not giving investors a lot now. With all that said, um, are you concerned or, or how can we be confident that the funds can uh, withstand a downturn in the credit cycle and when we move beyond this environment of low interest rates? Yeah, so the way, the way to think about it is if you look at the breadth of the investor base and how they use this asset and where it fits into the mix, you know, uh, lo- the banks, as an example, they were uh, 44% of our funding last quarter. Uh, you know, they're really buying a loan, uh, and they take that entire asset onto their balance sheet, and it's really part of their, 
their core business. This is a very attractive asset for them, very high ROEs within their overall book, um, and short duration, which is also attractive to them. Um, and when you think out and think about a rising interest rate environment, you, you brought up earlier about 60 to 70% of our loans are from uh, for customers who are refinancing a credit card debt. Uh, we save them on average about 24% versus their uh, credit card rates. So it's a very meaningful savings for the over half of Americans who are carrying credit card debt, which, as you know right now, is a is at a record high. It's over a trillion dollars. So, uh, and if you think about those credit cards, those are floating rate products. So as credit card rates go up, uh, we will be able to raise our rates and maintain what is a very healthy value proposition to borrowers and maintain the attractiveness of our asset. That's bullish. Uh, really quickly, uh, banks. Uh, you said banks are about 60% of what you've got. Um, uh, how many banks are we talking about? How diversified is it? Is anyone more than 10 or 20% of, of, of what you're doing? Yeah, five? oh no, we've got we've got dozens and dozens of uh banks on the platform actually in Q2 we had record high not only subscription from uh banks but also we had over 100 institutional investors in total participating on the platform. Uh, such an interesting business, Scott. I hope you come back because I, I just I, I could talk to you for a long time about this, except that I can't talk to you for a long time about this because we're out of time. But Scott Stamford, really appreciate it. the CEO of Lending Club uh, from San Francisco, where I'm supposed to be, but I ain't because I'm here in New York with Danny Berger uh, in our 1130 studios uh, in Midtown Manhattan. Scott, thanks again. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Um, at Corey TV, she's at Dan, Danny, D-A-N-I-B-U-R-G-R. This is Bloomberg. Let's get to Nathan Hager right now for some world national news headlines in our Washington, D.C. studios and 91 studios in D.C. You know, a lot of headlines just came out of Bedminster, New Jersey, Corey, where President Trump is amping up his fire and fury rhetoric against North Korea. He took questions moments ago from reporters at his namesake golf club. The people that were questioning that statement, was it too tough? Maybe it wasn't tough enough. They've been doing this to our country for a long time, for many years. And it's about time that somebody stuck up for the people of this country and for the people of other countries. President Trump says North Korea needs to, quote, get their act together or Pyongyang will be in trouble like few nations have ever been, in the president's words. He's also amping up his uh, Twitter spat with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell over repeal of Obamacare that didn't happen. They said, Mitch, get to work and let's get it done. They should have had this last one done. They lost by one vote. For a thing like that to happen is a disgrace. The president says not only does he want health care done, he also wants tax reform with tax cuts and a very big, in his words, infrastructure bill. Asked whether McConnell should resign if he can't get all that done, the president said you could ask the question. President Trump also says he is declaring the opioid crisis a national emergency. He says he's making it official that he's at work on an order to that effect. A commission that the president formed to tackle the crisis urged him weeks ago to declare an emergency. Going from Bedminster to Charlotte, North Carolina, where the PGA Championship is underway, round one uh, atop the leaderboard alone, Thor Bjorn Olesen, four under uh, through 18 holes. He has a 67. Full coverage of the first round starts at 4.15 Wall Street time here on Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg.